This episode of Chica Travel Podcast is proudly sponsored by Mr. D Food, the joy of food delivered. everyone welcome to this week's episode of the chica travel podcast my name is lelo b and this is part two of my food and travel series that is sponsored by mr d food this week on the show i am chatting to lesejo semenya aka lesda chef twitter's most love chef as he shares a bit about his passion not only for food but for travel as well i hope you will enjoy this conversation as much as i did here is lesejo Hello, Chef. Welcome to the Chica Travel Podcast. Hey, Lelo. Finally. Finally. It's like Wait. you've been avoiding me. I don't know what I did to you. But what thank do you, you for having me. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't know what you did to me when I've been struggling to get hold of you and to get you here. I, I, I know. No, don't blame me. I'm here. I'm available all the time. But yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be talking to you. Yes. It's busy, ne? How are things like work-wise? I mean, lockdown, things were quiet. What's happening now? Like you just said, now, who busy? Um, chefs, or oh, luckily for me, I don't know about my colleagues in the industry. Um, during lockdown, suddenly chefs were popular because people don't know how to cook at home. <laughs> uh, and somebody <laughs> who's interviewing me right now is one of those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, <laughs> because if we everything, you know? the popularity of um during lockdown caused people to uh stop uh, watching my youtube channel more asking me a lot more questions on social media i mean my book sold out two years after it came out Wow. was a bestseller again wow. um, during lockdown. So um, in terms of me, I've been lucky. Um, I've been very busy and working with different brands, um, creating recipes. And it's a different way because in the past, I was mainly focused on catering mm. and um, my cooking classes. Now we're to change and maneuver and work out other ways of doing things like you've done as well. Yeah, um, I think I saw you went to Limpopo, you traveled to Limpopo recently. Uh, before I get into the rest of my questions, just tell me a bit about mm. what, what was that trip about? Because it was a travel and food um, thing. Yeah, um, so I got contacted by the guys at Limpopo. You know, every year, Heritage Day, what tends to happen, keep writing. It gets hijacked by corporates. Um, this year, surprisingly, a lot more. Um, started to understand we don't like using the term Friday for Heritage Day. Yeah. And Limpopo Tourism, um, they've always wanted me to come through to Limpopo, but they don't know how to fuse a chef um, with a concept. Yeah. And Heritage Day arrived and um, they took me to Kiani, where there's an actual salt pan. I didn't know about it. Um, and that was the link they wanted me there to also go and explore the salt there. They farm it from a flowing river right next to the camp we stayed at. Um, 2,000-year-old salt sure. made by these mamas from the river. They sleep by the riverbank, and um, they filter it naturally. There's no chemicals, nothing. 
mm-hmm. and that salt they sell. Um, they call it ah, uh, mm-hmm. but um, I'll send it to you. Um, it's a sacred salt, uh, and hopefully, um, us being there can showcase it. Yeah, I hope so. And you, you, you didn't know about this because I also didn't know about it until I saw it on your timeline. No. Yeah. And all these things, even if um, they say, okay, call and pop is such a thing, um, until someone goes there physically, and like we do, we take photos and video, and we show people instantly on social media, look at us, we have these things. Um, we can actually grow um, local tourism in the villages and in rural areas. Yeah. They need us to go there to actually show people. That is amazing. So you mentioned camp. Did you guys sleep in the camp? Yes, <laughs> it's actually, it's built like um, a village, um, Baleni, it's um, the village that's next to the river, mm. and uh, there's no electricity, they use solar power, more um, but that's like the only creature comfort, at least you get hot water, but everything else is as rural as you get, um, so just for you to live the simple life, Mole, um, I don't think it's even a three-star, I think it's a two-star, <laughs> self-catering. Um, but we were welcomed and we had a bride the first night that we were there and we spent the, the night there. Um, apparently, it's like popular with um, European tourists. They come and they want that kind of experience. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that they usually are the ones that, you know, they don't mind you know, those backpacker type style accommodation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when I, are you not a fussy traveler when it comes to where you stay? Uh, not really. Eh? I'm more a person who enjoys. Um, exploring areas. Um, I'm not a person who cares too much about creature comforts. I appreciate them if they're there, mm. but I can camp easily. Give me a tent and I can go camp for two weeks. I don't mind mm. um, roughing it. Um, as long as it's somewhere interesting and there's things to do, there's things to get around and explore. Uh, the type of accommodation, I'm not that picky. I don't think I'll do a contiki though. <laughs> 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 uh, we tried it last year. We backpacked um, from Cape Town, or not backpack, from Cape Town to Durban. And along the way, we stayed at a backpackers for the first time ever. Mm. Um, yeah, and I don't think I'll be doing that again. Eh? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think want to, I didn't want to <laughs> attempt it. <laughs> no. So back to your story now. Before, before you went and became a chef or started to become a chef, you quit your job, you were in corporate for six years, you quit your job and you decided to travel uh, the country for like a year. What made you decide, okay, I'm going to take a year to travel and I also want to ask you where you went during that year? Okay, um, sure. This was 12 years ago, I think. Yeah, about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, I quit corporate. I don't know where I was going to go. But all I knew is that I did not want to work in corporate anymore. Mm. Um, and so I was like, okay, let's see how you have the time. Explore your country. Mm. Um, so what I would do, it was back when you still had the GPS and you had maps online and stuff. I would take a pencil and I would spin it around on a map, on the GPS map. And where the pencil would drop on the map, I would drive there. And I would explore the place over a weekend and get to know the local areas, the um, BNPs and things like that. And for a year, I would just travel around the country, um, just exploring the villages, the towns, the cities, um, far off places. 
I think it's only the Northern Cape. I didn't get to explore too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, just driving through there. But yeah, Yona is the, the last frontier. And then did you, um, was there any place that you, that stood out for you during that time that you probably saw for the first time and you're like, I need to come back here and you actually did uh, manage to go back? Uh, it's the Karoo actually. You know, we always talk about, uh, we have a desert in the middle of South Africa, yeah. but how many of us actually go to it? Yeah. Uh, when you're driving down to Cape Town, you drive through it, but you don't even realize, guys, I'm driving through a desert. Uh, there's a small town there, Khafrenei, and I told myself uh, I'd love to figure out and explore the center of our country, the least explored areas, mm. um, the Karoo specifically. Uh, just last week, I went back there um, to the Karoo National Park for the first time just to start exploring, uh, and I still want to go back there again. Mm. It's a completely different side of South Africa, even the small towns in the area. Mm. Just the vibe, yeah, thing. It's, it's like you're traveling back in time. Wow. I, 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 I've recently like, been thinking about it, but also because I'm seeing more and more of it on social media, you know, people going there, and I'm like, wow, this is actually something really, really cool and very different as well. So what do you yeah. think in that, that side of, of, of the world, or of our world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meet, meet, meet. They are people and meet. <laughs> but yeah, the free states and the Karoo area meet like all types of lamb things. Eh, yo, lelo. Mm. Those lamb rubbers, those lamb sausages in the morning. They were, mm. uh, they were making lamb rack and stuff. They really love the lamb. Mm. Um, it's all class the lamb, buddy. So if you do go there. Um, but they also have lots of um, game bultong and things like that. Mm. That's one thing I noticed. Everything is about meat quality. If you like seafood, I don't go that side. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And also, if you don't like the heat as well. I was there at springtime, and the temperature got to 36 degrees. So, yeah. Sure. Just put that in mind. I don't mind heat, so I will, I will definitely go at any time. Does it also get cold go winter? Is, does it get, like, super cold as well? It's just as, as, yeah. as, as it gets hot. Mm. Yeah, it's a desert. So a desert is both extreme, super cold at night and yeah. um, very hot during the day. And there's hardly any shade as well um, in the actual desert itself. But there was nice accommodation. That's one thing I was surprised about. Mm. Um, I think it's the best accommodation, yes, and parks that I've stayed at really? in the country. Really, really nice and very pretty as well. Is wrong networking, because Sun Parks, they are... They are hey. <laughs> networking, man. That's my problem. <laughs> that's a nice thing the park is actually next to a town ah. so it was full bars the whole time I was very surprised mm. and most of the sand parks are accommodation it's select channels mm. there it was a full bouquet there was a mini fridge and other things in the accommodation mm. I was really surprised really very impressed Wow. So, so Les how would you describe your relationship with travel right now uh, it was estranged, but now we're getting back together. <laughs> was it estranged from the lockdown? No, no, just because I've been too busy. Uh, I used to travel a lot mm. um, until about two years ago when my book came out and I haven't had a chance to travel. So what I told myself this year is you're going to go overseas, you're going to see this country and travel there. Ah, mm. Corona, 
Corona said, no, sorry. <laughs> so my current goal is trying to explore places I don't know in our country mm. um, and trying to document that. And my next book is actually all about um, our country. But yeah, that one we'll talk about next year. Yeah, hey, boo, what are you? No, no, no. Is it about, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but, but at least you know there's a book coming. I don't know if you've, you've spoken about it on the timeline, but that's, I, I didn't know that there was, a, there was another book coming. That's awesome. Yeah, I have to. Uh, Dijon came out two years ago. Yay. So, yeah, people are going to start wondering, was that a fluke? Or oh, what? Where's the next one? Where's the next? I um, mean, also the itch, the itch to start writing more is hit. It takes a while for it to kick in, mm-hmm. and it's kicked in. So I want to get it out and get the next book done. Um, but yeah, it's a bigger project than Dijon was, like yeah. ten times bigger. That is amazing. Okay, well, we look forward to 2021. It is then, eh? Yes, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so you have worked internationally. You, you've also, being South African, you know us and our attitudes towards food. How would you? <laughs> but how how do we compare, you know, to other people uh, in other countries in terms of attitudes towards food? Hmm. Our attitudes are. I, I don't know how to describe us. Mm-hmm. We we don't like our food being altered, and played around with. Yes, that's true. But then um, when someone does try and make our food and put it in a restaurant, people complain as well. They say it's gentrification. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a situation here where we South African chefs are trying to say our food is like this, but we want to try upmarket it so we can actually start selling it to the rest of the world mm-hmm. and where we can actually... Um, be the ones who get it out there instead of someone opening a restaurant called London calling it Soweto and has never even been here but they're selling our food um, so yeah it's a catch-22 we love our cuisine so what I'm trying to do now personally with the way I've created my brand is to let people in slowly so if I'm going to show you how to make my hair um, I'll take a French technique so that uh, you don't throw a big foot, hey, 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 this guy. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing over the years, slowly changing things and adding things. And it's getting there. We're getting more open-minded. And there's more TV shows coming. Um, South Africans are watching more food things on YouTube and on mm-hmm. on um, television. And, I mean, I'm in a sports advert level right now. Yes, super sport. Why would your whole chef be in a sports advert? Wow. So <laughs> it shows at least... Um, Chefs and the food world is becoming more mainstream. Um, and hopefully, um, future chefs can actually leverage off of that. Yes. I didn't answer the last part of your question. You no. said, how do we compare? Yes, to, to other, to other yeah, people, to other countries, people in other countries. We're not as stubborn as uh, the rest of the African diaspora. So when you meet a Nigerian, a Nigerian will tell you, I only eat Nigerian food. Yes. And <laughs> the same with the Ghanaian um, Kenyans as well are very loyal to their food. Um, with us South Africans, we are not that loyal um, to our traditional food. So compared to the rest of our continent, and actually the rest of the world, actually. I was in France and England. England are probably like us, mm. but the Russians as well are very, our food is like this. And this is how we're going to have it. So we're a bit more open-minded. 
Yeah, and, and in terms of our traditional food, we eat it guys, special occasions like heritage. Or... <laughs> <laughs> it's changing though, it's changing. Yeah. Talking about, you know, uh, having traveled and obviously when you travel, you, I don't know, you try dishes that you probably have not tasted before and all of that. Is there an international dish that you've once tasted or heard about or seen maybe on a show and you're like, I would love to taste this, but I don't know how to uh, make it. Or do chefs generally just know how to cook everything? <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> uh, no, a chef is forever learning. Uh, yeah, I can cook most things, but I've, I'm always curious about um, the stuff in South America. Mm. Um, that's similar to... Um, us in Mozambique and Angola in terms of the culture, uh, cultures that came um, Africa and the Spanish and the Portuguese, it's all mixed up over there and the way they spice everything so Brazilian food yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to master that food uh, if there was a place I'd love to go and explore that food, it'll probably be there mm. and it's always so colourful and it's full of different um, textures and things mm. uh, and everything is in Portuguese. Um, there's nothing in English as well. So I think the challenge of that is what I would actually enjoy. Mm. There, was, there was someone here on the podcast a couple of, well, not a couple of months ago, maybe last year. And we were talking about uh, France. And mm. I thought, I love France. Da, 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 da. The food is nice. And then she asked me, but what food is nice there? And I didn't know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> is there a, a French... A uh, dish that you love and that you love making. Uh, well, so when a chef says that classically trained, it means they've been trained in French technique. Um, they're trained in French food and all those French words and stuff. So I'm a classically trained chef. The ones with the tall hats, even though I don't wear the uniform and all of that. Oh yeah. Learn all of those French foods. Uh, yeah. I like the terrine. Um, a terrine is a molded, there's actually a terrine recipe in Dijon. Um, it's meat that has been molded um, and set. Mm. Um, so I like those. I don't know why. It's just something I've always enjoyed. So yeah, something that's French should probably be that. Okay. I will, I will, I will pull up the book and check. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I attempt to not pull up the book. Do you know what my issue is? I think I need, you know, those things, those stands in the kitchen where you put the recipe book? Yes. I think I need one of those because I don't have them. And I think if I had one of those and I put it in the kitchen, I'd actually be a bit more encouraged to use the books that I've got. Because, yeah. So that's, okay. that's my problem. <laughs> so if you're, if you're thinking of, of, you know, donating or doing a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your excuse for the original? <laughs> you mentioned your love for, or, you know, your admiration of, um, for Brazilian food. But when you think about the most memorable meal that you've had on a trip, what comes to mind? Um, Mozambique. Oh, yeah. Um, Kushai Shai in Mozambique, what the fishermen do, they go into the water and, well, they ask you what you want us to come back with for you. So the wow. prawns or crayfish or a certain type of um, fish and they go into the water, they bring it out and they clean it 
and they grill it for you right there. Mm. And yeah, I know. I've never tasted anything as fresh, as delicious as the food there in Shai Shai. And if you don't want to do the fisherman route, there are nice little bars and huts and lodges along the beach as well. Mm. Um, most of them also have English. So if the Portuguese or the um, Shangan that side defeats you, there's also English. That's what I liked about it. It's become um, a bit more um, tourist friendly. In the past, yeah, it wasn't mm. Mozambique. I think they've realized the economy... Yeah. Um, most of it is made up by South Africans traveling there. Mm. And I, I actually appreciate that you mentioned the country that's in the continent, because I also, when I think back to my travels and I try and think about memorable, you know, meals, Mozambique, definitely the mm. seafood comes top of mind. Uh, and Kenya yeah. as well. Have you been to Kenya? Yes. Yeah, I've been to Kenya. What did you think of their food? I enjoyed it. Um, Libana, they have a history of other countries coming in. Mm. So it depends which part of Kenya you go to. If you're in Nairobi, it will be more um, Kikuyu and more central. If you go to the coast, um, go Mombasa there, that food is very Indian-based. So they have lots of curries, mm. lots of um, things with spices, similar to Durban. Mm. Um, so now I spend most of my time in Nairobi specifically. Mm. And... The food is very interesting. There's things there that's very similar to our food as well. Um, the Bantu tribes, you can see the similarities in us um, in Africa. That's one yeah, thing. Even, uh, even, even, even in, in the, you know, the, the language as well, sometimes you hear yes. and you're like, oh, look, now we use this particular term, you know? Yeah, like, um, Puntukengipuji. Um, goat, imbus. Yeah. It's also imbus. Mm. And they love grilled goat. Hey, that's one thing about goat. Kenyans. Eh? <laughs> goat meat is number one quality. Which I wish we, we would do here because, I mean, our Zulu folk love the goat meat as well, but we don't commercialize it. Yeah. Um, I and that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, we all eat goat meat in South Africa and there they bry it. So when people say, hey, I don't like goat because it smells, it cooks too long. Mm. In Kenya, they bry it like normal um, lamb or beef. So, yeah, that's one thing that's fascinating about um, uh, Kenya. Um, Nyamachoma, I think that's what it's called. I, I actually think I need to be reintroduced to goat meat because when I think of goat meat, I think of namae, but it is and in a <laughs> so I really need more. <laughs> Maybe I need to when it's, it's a that we are going through because that's my only uh, you know experience of goat meat. No, that's the thing I was saying earlier. So right now we have these things in our heads, our our minds. This is how the food is meant to be. Mm. This is the memory of the food that I have, mm. where there are other ways of actually doing it, and there's ways of changing it. So hopefully with time, we get to open our minds up. Yeah, hopefully. When, when you are traveling, how do you find, you know, like food spots? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming as someone who's, you know, knowledgeable in food, you don't just eat anywhere or anything. I don't know. How do you find a way to eat? Um, speak to the chefs. Okay. So just find out in your local hotel. You just ask, can the chef come to my table? And you say, okay, tonight we don't want to eat here. Would you recommend anywhere in the city? And they would be the best to tell you 
where to go. And they won't, they'll give you a, an open opinion. They won't be biased about it. And another way is also to speak to um, uh, the locals, so front desk um, people. Uh, I know they're always trying to be all prim and proper, but if you say to them, look, I'm looking for a place that is local, nothing touristy, um, they will be able to point you to places. And at least with them, they'll know the safer places if you're in a, a city that isn't too safe and they'll be able to guide you that way. Um, but yeah, that's what I do. And also I like walking. Mm. So in foreign cities, you just you walk and you see where the locals are queuing for what they're eating, you join that queue. Um, if you see an empty restaurant, that's not where you want to eat. <laughs> Absolutely. I really <laughs> like that, that idea of, of asking the chef, call the chef to your table and then just ask them. Nice tip. Thank you for that. Yeah. And, and generally, what constitutes a good trip for you? Uh, learning something new. Um, there's only one place in the world I love going to over and over, and I don't mind going there, and that's the Kruger. Um, but other places, I'll, I always want to learn something new, explore something new. Uh, so I, I try to avoid repeating a lot of vacations, or if I do, I'll, I'll add different things to them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just exploring um, areas. I'm not the type to sit on a beach the whole day. That I can't do. Uh, I can't um, just sit at a spa the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> <I'll do that. laughs> explore. And I want to explore. I can't sit at the swimming pool to blow me the fella. Like, <laughs> and people, there are people who like holidays like that. Yes. But I need to explore. I need to get out. I, 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 I think I like both. Sometimes you want to, I do want to explore. I think exploring 80% of the time I want to explore, but I also do want that time yeah. where I can just, you know, chill. Because actually, no, you, you never get to rest if you think about it. Because you yeah. go on vacation or on a trip because you are on holiday, but you don't actually rest. You are out there, you know. Yeah. So when do we actually just switch off and rest? Do you actually switch off and rest? I do. So let's see. If I go for a holiday for seven days, mm. um, then one day I'll add a spa treatment. Okay. So it won't be um, a whole seven-day spa treatment, you know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So one day it'll be R&R where I just sit and I am the laziest bum in the world. Um, and doing leisure things as well, I add them in if it's a long trip. But if it's a weekend away, I'm going to be busy for those two days. I'm not going to be doing a spa getaway for just uh, a weekend away. Mm. Mm. And um, it's just, I'm sorry. No, carry on. Less sorry, I interrupted you. As a killer, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right? you were answering me, asking if uh, you ever switch off and rest, and you were telling me, yeah, you'll take one day off, you know, spa and all of that, but the rest of the time going around. Yes, um, I like being busy. Um, I like, um, also like taking photos. Um, so when I travel, I try to practice my photography skills and all of that. Um, I don't like photos of me, but I like photos of where I'm going. Um, so yeah, that's what I, I enjoy about um, traveling, the exploration yeah. part of it. Do you take uh, photos with, with your camera or with the phone? Because you take nice photos on travels. I use both. It depends. Um, if I see a nice scene, then I bring out the whole tripod and camera and whatnot. Mm. Um, then I will take a professionally shot photo. Mm. But if I'm just driving by or walking by, I use my, my phone 
from Muslims. Yeah. Before I ask you my last question, do you ever order takeaways or you, you can never <laughs> you just cook? If you feel like something you cook, do you ever just like order something? I will be honest and the myth about chefs always cooking is not true. Uh-huh. We actually probably eat the worst food. Uh, when you are working at fancy food the whole time, yeah. The last thing you want to do is go home and eat fancy as well. And the last thing you want to do is go home and cook some more. Mm. Um, it's why if you date a chef, I always tell people <laughs> it's disappointing. <laughs> it's disappointing to date a chef. <laughs> people have this image in their mind. Where, Yay! Hello, <laughs> <five star parties."> <laughs> <laughs> from that. Now, in the beginning, as something really charming. Yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you will have that breakfast in bed with every course on it. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we get tired of the cooking. So takeaways, we do know them. Um, but most of the takeaways, it's not nonsense. Like I was about to mention a brand name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Mr. D's app, I know it very well. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So you mentioned um, earlier on that... Um, you wanted to explore more of, or, you know, of South Africa. Uh, is there a place though that you want to go to because you, because of the food? In South Africa, I would love to actually explore um, vendor cuisine properly. Mm-hmm. I think out of all the cuisine in South Africa, mm-hmm. um, their food hasn't been showcased as much as the rest. Mm-hmm. We just know Masonja. Everyone keeps assuming that's all yeah. there is for them. And there's so much more. Yeah. And the food, what I love is they tell you the history of it all. Um, how the ancestors used to make it kapwa. And mm. that's what I love. The stories behind the cuisine quality. Yeah. Um, so if it was in South Africa, that's one place I'd love to explore a bit more. Okay, I would love to go because I have never been to Vivenda. And I actually, I was close to it because we went to Mapungu recently and it was, yes, that's it was just just next the door, but there was no time. Well, thank you so much, Les. Oh, that's that, it. Those, yeah, that's it. Those are all the questions that I had, and you answered them beautifully. And thank you for all the tips that you shared uh, with us. When next time I travel, I'm calling the chef. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 so yeah, thank you yeah. so so much. I really appreciate you, you making you. the time. Thank you for having me. Um, it's been fun talking to you. And you inspire us so with all your traveling, Molly. We must uh, travel together. We must do a food. You do the food and I'm the travel person. We must do this. I'm going to plan it. Ne? Uh, I will WhatsApp you. <laughs> <laughs> There's things I want to say. Okay. Um, we'll be dropping, giving things away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I got you. But thank you so much. And please say thank hi you. to your thank son, you. Porridge. Tell him. I will. He's staring at me right now. Thank you so much, Les. Thanks, Lelo. This Chica Travel Podcast Foodie Series is proudly sponsored by Mr. D Food, the joy of food delivered. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We will catch up again next week. But in the meantime, if you listen on Apple, please leave a review and comment. It helps other people find the podcast as well if you do that. So I appreciate that very much. And also you can find us on social media at Chica Travel Pod, hashtag Chica Travel Pod. Until next week, goodbye.